Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. the Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job pod on Blue Wire. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and today I am joined by the incomparable Kiana Martin, who is the team reporter for the San Francisco 49ers. We talk everything from her awesome life motto to investing in yourself, to her journey to the 49ers, and advice she has for women who want to break into sports. If you like what you hear, and I think you will, Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review for a chance to be featured on an upcoming episode. Just screenshot your review and put it in your Instagram story, tagging at Fangirl Sports Network and hashtag GetMyJobPod. This podcast is brought to you by Untuck It. So let's get to it, fangirls. Kiana, welcome to the Get My Job Podcast. I'm so excited to have you today. I am so excited to be joining. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And for those of you who don't know, though I'm assuming if you listen to this podcast and follow me, you probably do. Uh, I am also 49ers fangirl, my other persona, which means I have the amazing joy and pleasure of working with Kiana Martin all of the time uh, during training camp, during practice, game days, all of the things. So it's a real treat when I get to have my friend on the pod. I am, you don't understand. I've been seeing your get my job pods and I'm like, okay, one day it's my turn and it's finally my turn. So I'm really excited to be here. Well, I'm very excited to have you. Uh, So for those of you who heard the intro, obviously all of you probably know this, but Kiana is the team reporter for the San Francisco 49ers. She does an absolutely incredible job. I urge you guys to check out all of her content. She has come up with so much awesome creative content around the team and it's so much fun to watch and super informative. So for those of you who love the 49ers or just football, check it out. So Kiana, we are going to start with how did you get into this and how do you come up with all of these incredible ideas? (laughs) Well, first we're going to say you are far too kind, but um, uh, how did I get into all of this? Well, I actually went to school for business marketing and I knew I wanted to work in sports. So I kind of had an emphasis in sports marketing and kind of towards my senior year, I was like, okay, I love what I love being involved in sports, but I don't really want to be behind the scenes. And I could have gone back and maybe did a little more with broadcast journalism, but with the price of schooling, I didn't want to do that. (laughs) So what I did was I took it upon myself like, okay, if I'm not going to step back and try to study broadcast journalism or go, go further with my education, I need to supplement some other kind of way. So I decided to kind of invest in myself. So I started taking classes on reporting and hosting and I would start my own, just like a YouTube blog, my laptop, turn on my photo booth and talk about what's going on in sports, just so I could kind of get an idea of what it's like to be a sports reporter. Again, I had no training. I had no schooling when I first started that. So I kind of just took a chance on myself and invested and paid a lot of money for a lot of classes and just tried to perfect my craft. 
and then from there, um, just building a real small gigs here and there, uh, just so I could have something to show people like, hey, I can actually talk sports. I know what I'm talking about. And from there, I worked several small jobs, like a one day gig here, or maybe like a three month gig there. And it ended up months later turning into an opportunity. My very first big opportunity was actually as an intern for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I spent about almost a year there and I learned so much. I I honestly, I wouldn't be able to do my job here with the 49ers if it wasn't for that opportunity. So I learned a lot there. And then I ended up getting a full-time job in the NBA with the Denver Nuggets. And I was there for another year. And then I made my way to the Bay Area. And now I'm here with the 49ers. And you started working with the great Joe Fan. We'll give him a shout out on this podcast. This <laughs> season, though, it is just you. Uh, Joe moved on to Seattle to cover the Seahawks, boo, but nonetheless, we won't hold it again. Uh, <laughs> and you are now the the reporter with the San Francisco 49ers. Can you just talk a little bit about your biggest challenge with your added responsibilities and how you overcome them. Overcome might be a strong term, but I think you know where I'm going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So it's like when you you hear about, okay, well, Joe fan left and now it's just you, you think like, okay, her job must've maybe doubled. Maybe they brought somebody else in, didn't bring anybody else in. And they decided they wanted uh, me to go ahead and lead the charge on a solo mission here, uh, (laughs) which was great. But my job didn't just double. I think in a sense, it may have tripled, potentially quadrupled. Um, Joe did a fabulous job with his writing and his videos uh, for 49ers.com. But on top of that, a lot of my job was also a lot of things that are in stadium or that might be with different departments or even outside of the organization. So I do so much more than what I was doing years, years prior and it was added on what he did. And then plus, you know, as as we knock on wood, as the team was getting better and had a better record, of course, more things are asked of you. So I would say my job has definitely grown. But um, it, what's I what I tell everybody is I truly, truly love what I do. And I enjoy waking up every morning coming to work. So it even though it's a lot and there's been nights where I've been sitting here in my office until 1am and I'll go home and I'll wake back up at seven and be do it all over again. Uh, I have those very, very long days, but I think what gets me through it is just remembering what I'm doing and how much I love what I do. And I don't think I would change it for anything. So going back a little bit, you talked about your time, obviously with the chiefs and how much you learned there, your time with the Denver nuggets. One of the things some of our other guests have talked about a lot is being able to do so many different things and learning how to do so many different things. So when you look back on those times, with those other organizations, can you talk a little bit about specifically what you learned and just tell our listeners kind of how important it is to make sure that you do know how to know, do so many different things. So when an opportunity comes, you don't have to pass it up. That is such a great point that you made. One of the biggest things coming into this field of work I was never a writer. And I tell people to this day, like if you're looking for this creative weaved in story that paints a beautiful picture, I've never been that person. 
I'm more so, if you want me to tell you what happened on the field, I can tell you, but I, me dressing it up and presenting it to you has never been my strong suit. So even leaving college, I was like, great, I don't have to write another paper in life. Well, that's not true because I write every <laughs> single day. Um, and so that was one of my opportunities when I got to the Chiefs was, well, you're going to be writing a lot. And it wasn't something that I was ne- wasn't necessarily passionate about, but I will say that learning and perfecting that craft has helped me become the reporter that I am today. Um, so I'm very thankful, even though I, again, I'm not saying I am, I'm not a Matt Mayoko. who <laughs> 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 is fabulous at his job. He is absolutely incredible. And I truly enjoy reading his work, but that's never been me. But I can say that over the years, I've gotten much better at it. And I actually enjoy it more now <laughs> than I have in years prior. But, and that's just one of the things that kind of come along with the territory. You might have to do things that you might not think you're very strong at, or at least along the way, things that aren't your favorite, but they eventually will help you in your career. And that's just what writing's done for me. So would you say that's been the number one challenge you faced or can you think of others? Um, I could, I could probably name a lot, <laughs> but that, that's just an example of having to adjust. Um, another challenge as far as being just in in this industry or yeah i would say a, a challenge that you face kind of in your journey in the sports industry or your professional journey at large but since you've spent most of your time in the sports industry uh maybe the number one challenge you have faced what the number one challenge i would say would be being that i didn't go to school for this i felt like i was always a step behind everyone else so when you're in college you're getting a lot of you're getting experience you're you're offered more internships and opportunities that i necessarily didn't get because i didn't study that in school so i feel like my biggest challenge was okay well this might not be on my resume but take a chance on me i i'm pretty certain that i can do an amazing job at this and I can be an asset to your company or your organization. And I, I I really struggled with that in the beginning because it's it truly is. I mean, a lot of people go off of what's on that piece of paper and your experience. And and of course you'd want somebody with experience coming into your organization. Um, but that was something that I did struggle with. So that's why I had to invest in myself and a story that I tell everybody, I often talk to a lot of young women who want to go into the same industry that I'm in. When I first started out, I'm originally from Southern California, but Cal Berkeley, it was a KDOL, uh, Oakland Unified School District. They had a station and I would fly from Southern California, just about every single uh, Cal Berkeley home game for football. I would fly from Southern California to Berkeley, to Oakland, drive up to Berkeley, get a rental car. I would cover the team, cover the game and go drive right back to the airport and go home. And I would do that every game for a season, just because this was something that I was passionate about. And I knew that if this is something that I truly want to do, I have to make this investment. I, it all came out of my pocket. And I like to tell people, if I had a spreadsheet to show you how much money I spent uh, just to show out like how I really wanted this, it would be 
out of this world. I probably could have multiple cars and probably own my own home by now. <laughs> but, but that that was just one of the early struggles that I had. And I, I do believe that I, I wouldn't take it back. Not one bit. It made me who I am. So along those lines, somewhat, can you tell me in the early days, one of your most memorable rejections? Ooh, I actually do have a good rejection. Um, I will, this is, this, I already had my internship with the chiefs. So it's still somewhat my early days. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I felt really good about what I was doing. I was like, you know what? I, I know the job. I was very well versed in the organization as well. And an opportunity with another team opened up. I won't say the name of the team, but I interviewed with them and I I felt so good about the interview. I felt great about the process. I felt great about my skill set that I just knew I was like, this is the job for me. Everything was aligning. Everything they were asking of me, I had done before. I had knowledge. I had experience. And so I, I just felt so good about this job. And um, I, through the interview process, let's say I, I made it probably, I made it pretty far and I ended up not getting the job and, and I just couldn't figure out why. And which is now a lesson to myself. Like I, I, I don't see that there was anything wrong with me, you know, wanting to know what could I do better next time, which I never reached out. I was, I was very better, <laughs> um, but, but after that, I was like, well, maybe I'm not good enough. And maybe this isn't something that I'm supposed to do. And, and you know, all of us, and, and I think in everything we do, sometimes we we might put that self doubt on ourselves. But I was like, you know what? No, nope, this wasn't the opportunity for me. We're not going to look at it like that. And down the line, you know, you look back on it, they have been through, I think maybe four to five different team reporters uh, since I interviewed and I'm like, see, that's what happens. If you would have had me, you would have had someone that's there for the long haul, but no, it's okay. But a better opportunity did uh, present itself. And I'm so glad that things did shape out the way that they Are did. You- but if- oh, no, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it did. Are you a person that uh, does reach out and say, you know, I understand I didn't get the opportunity. Can you let me know what I could have done differently? And sometimes, and I think probably oftentimes, and I think you made a very good point we tend to make it personal and make it about us. And very oftentimes it is not most of the time it is not. Um, But I think there's a difference between I wasn't good enough or I did something wrong and how can I improve? So are you the person that asked that? So that's what I was saying. Like, I wish that I did ask that because feedback I coming from, I mean, from your current job, um, from a potential job. I feel like that's so helpful and it's so valuable. If they, if I would have had that call with them and what they told me was, we liked you, but we didn't feel like your interviewing skills were strong enough. That's something that I could go back and I could say, okay, how can I make myself better? How can I challenge myself that next time, whether it's with this organization or it's with somebody else that I can be better. And so now of course, hindsight's twenty twenty, but now I feel like it's good to ask questions, um, not as 
in a, in a sense that's like, well, why didn't I get it? And just more so, I just want to be better next time. How can I improve and become a better reporter, a better journalist, uh, whatever the case may be. So that's a big lesson for myself is don't be afraid to ask questions, especially if it's going to make you better. I think it's a really good lesson and really good advice because I think generally in life, and it feels to me especially in this day and age, we're so scared of the answer. But uh, first of all, the answer is most likely never as scary as you think it's going to be. And this is true, I think, in all facets of life. And second of all, sometimes it's sometimes you really learn something from it. And I think you're often better knowing. Because I also think sometimes the answers we come up with in our head are so far removed from mm-hmm. what actually happened that it's better to actually just know. Right. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree anymore. And it's like, when, you know how they say you never know until you ask? Yes. That's, it's one of those situations. So what is a criticism you received early on, whether you asked for it or not, but whatever is the criticism you received early on, that even though t- it was tough to take at the time, really helped shape you as a reporter today? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I think... A lot came with just not having the experience. Mm-hmm. And it, it, also, I will say that once I did take a class, and this wasn't necessarily with a job, but someone told me, you're doing a great job at telling me the message you want to get across, but what you're not doing is connecting mm-hmm. with me. And I was, I didn't understand that. I was like, well, what do you mean I'm not connecting? And especially, this is where being a woman comes into play because especially a woman in sports, what, from what I've learned is that it's more difficult. I don't know if I want to call it difficult, but as a, as a woman, you have both male and female viewers. So one, you're already being judged on your credibility because you Mm -hmm. are a female, but two, a lot of women, how, they say women watch TV and connect or decide if they are enjoying the person that's talking or not is, can I relate to this person? Is this person someone that I would want to sit down and have a coffee with? And during my studying and and learning how to become a reporter, it's as I'm talking to my audience, regardless if it's male, if it's female, if I'm talking to a child, am I being able to connect to them? And I know everyone you see and you talk to isn't necessarily relatable, but when you, they are speaking to you, are you intrigued? Are you gravitated, gravitating towards them? Um, And so that was something that I, I learned um, not just to talk, just to get a message across, but how can my message get to just a specific person as if how Mm -hmm. you and I are talking same way it's it's engaging and we're having a conversation and a lot of your message which granted it's just if you're it given your setting you do want it to be conversational because that's what makes it engaging so that was one of the criticisms that i received earlier on and and it's something that i do think about when i'm talking i don't want to just be a talking head um i want my message to mean something to the person I'm speaking to, if that makes any sense. <laughs> it, does, it makes total sense. And I think in our business, sports is the great connector. Yeah. Sports is what brings people together. And so, or it's one of many things that brings people together. So 
we do want the people that are telling us about what happened to connect to us. You want to feel as if they understand the emotions and not just understand the game from an analysis perspective, but understand everything that goes with being a fan of the game and watching sports and being a sports fan. Right. Uh, So I think that that's, that's, that's excellent advice. And I think something that's really important and our most successful sports broadcasters that we see, we do connect to them. There's a reason we want to watch them over someone else. Absolutely. So a little bit along those lines, and then we're moving into the more fun stuff. I remember I told Hannah Gordon when she was on that this is the Debbie Downer portion of the episode. And she said, it's not because it's like good to talk about these things and talk about the rejections and, and what you learned. But my, my last question in of that ilk is what is the number one mistake that you have seen women making when trying to break into the sports industry? And it may not just be women. It may be just a mistake that you see people say, making or a misstep. We don't have to go with the word mistake. It could be a misstep. A misstep, I would say, is feeling, and and this word is probably isn't the right word that I want to use, but kind of entitled. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I think I can do this. Like, I've got this without the work. Mm-hmm. And and that was something that was a very humbling experience for myself. It took a lot of work. I mean, I left out a lot of the backstory, but. It took many, many years for me to even get an opportunity to work that job in Berkeley that I was talking about earlier, just for someone to even say, okay, let's, let's take a chance on this girl right here. Um, I, it's, I'm trying to think of how I want to put it, but I think that was one of the biggest missteps for myself is assuming that it's going to be easy. And that the rejection wasn't necessarily going to be there. Um, So like if I had to give somebody advice that wanted to follow in my shoes, it would be put in the work. Um, It's not going to be as easy and glamorous as you would assume it might be, but uh, it's worth it in the long run. How long were you doing your own YouTube channel before you got the opportunity to cover the game, the Cal Berkeley football? Or I was doing Cal Berkeley football, Cal Berkeley football. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing that for probably about a year and a half to two years. Okay. And then and also in addition to that, I was doing things with like AOL sports. And then there was a small station in Southern California that I was working for free uh, for many, many years uh, doing work with them as well. So it was a lot of working for free that I did during that time. Which is, I think, very important. I actually had a conversation with someone yesterday who's right out of college and wants to get into this industry. And, you know, I said to her, go to your local radio stations, television stations, newspapers, and ask what you can do. Even if you're not mm-hmm. getting paid, um, you make sure you can ask what you can do, how you can learn. Do they have internships? Can you just, you know, be there learning? Because, you know, getting in the door and being there and seeing it and experiencing it firsthand is, of course, how you're going to learn the most. And what you did, I think, is also really awesome. And it's, it's kind of similar as to how Fangirl started, but you started your own YouTube and started talking about sports. And, and that's what you have to do. It's just it's that Nike cliche phrase, but you have to just do it. And that's, <laughs> that's how this started. I mean, 49ers fangirl, I just started it. And I started doing a podcast with Stephanie McCarroll. And then 
and I started doing weekly videos and I, you know, wrote articles, even when I had the blog before it was for Niners fangirl. I don't even know if you know this Kiana, but the blog was the trials and tribulations of my love hate relationship with the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> I did not know about Yes, this. it was a wordy, it was a wordy blog. And that was something I started. It's more of a creative outlet, but I did take it seriously. I wrote game previews. I wrote game recaps. I wrote any major news during the week. I live tweeted games. And at that point, it was just a creative outlet. But I had an idea that this might be something I wanted to do. Um, and you kind of got to take it seriously. And then when I started for an Fangirl, it just was mine. I just started it. And I still had to take it very seriously and be prepared and, because you don't know who's watching. And that's how you get started and get noticed. And have a goose at a reel to show people and content to show people. But you have to look at this as a job, whether you're getting paid for it or not, it is a job that you have to take seriously if you want anyone else to eventually take you seriously. And that is such a huge point because when I was interviewing for jobs prior to even the Chiefs, when I told people or potential employers that I had my own my own blog site, my own YouTube channel, they everyone was so interested, like you did what? And like, well, tell me more about it. And they were so interested in it. I, I never could really understand why. And and when I tell you this happened on at least three or four different interviews, they're like, well, how'd you do it? And and what was what was your motivation behind it? And we're really impressed that you did this. And I just couldn't figure out why, but it was just the fact that you took the initiative to start something on your own. You were passionate enough about this to start something on your own and really go through with it despite not getting paid for it. I had no sponsors. It was literally me just doing what I love. And a lot of employers appreciated that. And and now looking back on it like that is something that I'm so proud of. If honestly, I would never let anyone see it because it is so humiliating. Like <laughs> it's terrible. It was horrible. Um, but I'm I'm so proud of that I did that. Um and and I definitely feel like that was a driving factor in me getting to where I am today. The holidays are almost here and you know what that means, gifts. And what better gift to give the guy in your life than a stylish shirt that fits just right. Unlike most brands, Untucked shirts are actually designed to be worn untucked. Untucked shirts always fall at that just right length, no matter his size. So he looks casual and sharp. Ever see an untucked button down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untucked shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. And with the holidays near, there's no better gift for your favorite guy who needs an upgrade. With more than 50 fit combinations, Untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. You can find your favorite Untucked style online or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untucked, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. 
Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. And so today you spend your days interviewing the likes of DeForest Buckner, George Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo, Richard Sherman, to name a few. And you do such a great job and you come up with such creative content. I would love to know, how do you come up with all these different ideas for the one-on-ones? <laughs> would be the, the driving, whatever it is, the face swaps. How do you come up with all these ideas? Because I love them. <laughs> Thank you. You know what? I take a lot of pride in that. And it's it's not like the hardcore reporting stuff, but it's getting to know these guys on the field. It's humanizing mm-hmm. these guys on the field. And what makes the NFL so much different than other sports is basketball. You see their faces. Mm-hmm. Soccer, you see their faces. The same in baseball. But in football, they have these helmets on. You don't know much about these guys outside of the numbers on their jersey and the name on their back. And so for me to have an opportunity to get these guys off the field and get to know them outside of football, it's one of my favorite things to do. I feel like there's so much more to these guys than the game of football. Actually, uh, I just spoke with Kwan Williams today. I did a one-on-one with him. And we're, you know, we're talking a little bit about football and his passion for football. And our as our interview was wrapping up, I was like, well, is there something that you want to talk about that we didn't cover? And he said, soccer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? You want to talk about soccer? He's like, I love soccer. Yeah. And I was like, I had I had no idea. And so we talked about soccer probably for like a good 10 to 15 minutes. And he's like, you know, on Sundays when I can, like I try to catch a game. And and I, I it's just things that you don't know by just looking at these guys. And I'm so blessed to have an opportunity to share some of these stories with fans, things that you'd have no idea about. Another one that I'm really, really proud of is uh, this past week, I've been working on a feature, working very long (laughs) on a feature on Joe Staley. Now, Joe Staley is the longest tenured veteran with the 49ers. Um, Great guy, amazing personality. You see that, but there's still more to Joe Staley that people don't know. So I wrote a feature on Joe, the father. He's a father of two young girls. And, you know, when you think of football, you think of aggressive and you think of tough. And and to see Joe Staley, the father, it was so much fun to talk about and just seeing him light up talking about his girls. And he was talking about the day his eldest daughter, Grace, was born. And as we're talking talking about it, he's like, oh my God, I'm getting chills. Like I'm getting chills talking about it. And it's just something you would never see from these guys on the field. You would never assume. Mm-hmm. And so it's things like that, that really, really make me happy. Being able to tell their stories um, that they might not necessarily just want to share on their Instagram account and telling how the birth of their child gives them chills or Kwan Williams saying that he can't wait to get back to Jamaica because he loves to spearfish. Yes, that was in his five fun facts. Yeah, exactly. So it's just things like that that make me really, really happy. And, uh, and I put myself in the fans shoes. What's something that I want to know. Okay. Um, I know that he had an interception this game, but what does he like to do off the field? Those are the kind of questions that I ask myself when going into one of those interviews. That's how Five Fun Facts was born. 
that's how yeah. it was born. I actually, when I was just, when I was doing the blog, I did, it was a year that Phil Dawson was pretty much the only person on offense scoring points for the 49ers. And I did, this is before I was credentialed or coming in. It was when I was doing the blog fun, and I was like, you know, this is good alliteration. I'm going to do a five fun facts on Phil Dawson. And then it kind of grew from there, but cause that is what people love to see, hear that stuff and see that stuff because you made an excellent point in football. You don't see their faces and it, it makes such a difference. Yeah. So, Absolutely. so what I would love before we get to your fun facts, uh, I would like to first, can you take us through a day, a day in the life of Kiana Martin during the week and then on game day? Oh, all right, guys. Get ready to put on your get your uh, nightgowns on for a snooze fest. No, it's not a snooze fest. I find it all fascinating. And what's been so much fun on this podcast is to hear what every everybody's game days are so different. So it's been really yeah. it's really fun to hear that. So go for it. Yeah. So weekdays. I, well, here's the thing. I would say that not a single day is alike in my world. Every single day is so different. Um, but for the most part, um, when I get here to the 49ers facility, um, primarily my job is pushing out content on our website, 49ers.com, being that I'm the lone ranger here. It's my responsibility. So whether it is a practice report, an injury report, maybe I we're talking about something that happened in the game and a player is discussing it and creating a story and sharing to the audience what he, that player was talking about um, writing content for the site is primarily my job. And my, a lot of my job is research. I do not have an intern and assistant. I have nothing. It's just me. So anything that I'm talking about or when I'm going live in stadium or anything along those lines, it all comes from me. So I spend a lot of time studying, studying our team, studying our opposing team, studying our previous history, uh, upcoming. Um, so I would say a bulk of my day is also doing that. And then days like how tomorrow I'm actually hosting or I'm uh, moderating an event we're having Carrie Champion uh, with ESPN, she has her organization. Um, I don't want to mess it up, and I feel like I'm going to. But her her girls from her organization are coming to Levi Stadium, and I'll be moderating a Q&A uh, with women in sports uh, just to introduce them to different roles and that just being a team reporter isn't the only job. And that's something I'm going to go off on a slight tangent, but that's something that I really do love about the 49ers is that we have women in so many different roles. Our general counsel, she's a Hannah Gordon. She's yes, a she was on the pod. Yeah, she was on the pod. She's a female. We have our team photographer, Meg Williams. She's a female. One of our producers who's sitting like an office over from me is Serena Soriano. She's one of our uh, video producers. So she's out there with that camera that probably weighs the same amount as me. And <laughs> she's shooting practices. She's shooting games. And, and she gets down in there and she's getting the job done. And it's just something that I truly, truly admire about this organization. But getting back on track. So I'll be uh, moderating an event like that. So that goes back to how every single day is completely different. Uh, we have press conferences, we have locker room availability, I have shoots like I did today. Uh, I have a live show that uh, is airing 
on Thursday at 5 p.m. It's just, <laughs> it's it's an array of things going on. Um, my, my days are just always so crazy. But let's talk game, game days. days. Here we go. Game days are a they're a little more strict. My my game days are a little more organized, especially because I have terrible OCD and I need things to be in order. Um, my game days, I start off once I get to the stadium. I probably get to the stadium about four to five hours prior to kickoff. Um, I'm setting up in the press box. Um, then I have production meetings. I do the in-stadium. I'm an in-stadium host here at Levi's Stadium. So production meetings going through what's going on for the game, what to expect, what time I need to be live, um, all the different functionalities, which is insane. If you see the production that they put on for a game, it is out of this world. And that is a world that I could never be involved in. Oh my gosh, it's <laughs> a lot. Uh, but from there, um, I 90 minutes prior to kickoff, we have our inactives. I'm jamming, like crunching an article to push out to let everyone know who's inactive, who's in, who's out for the game. From there, I'm running down to the field. I have a pregame hit about 20 minutes before kickoff that goes live in stadium. And it also goes out to all of our social channels. Then I'm on the sidelines with my laptop writing as the game is going on. Um for our post-game feature. Um, and then literally, like, different parts of the game, I'll look at the time, and I'm like, oh, I'm live in about 45 seconds. Throw my laptop down, sprint across the field. I'll have another live hit. Uh, so that's the gist of my uh, actual, the physical game. And then post-game, uh, sometimes we'll have a post-game live show. Uh, we have press conferences, press conferences that you're there with me. Uh, mm -hmm. with guys from the game, Kyle Shanahan will speak. Some of the players will speak locker room. And then I'm locked in my office, crushing content, crushing articles and prepping for our live show that comes on the following day. So my game days are pretty busy. They're very crazy. I go on emotional roller coasters. I, I'm like up and down on game days, like especially depending on how the game goes. Oof. But um, I do love it. I I well, and you any do, other way. As I said, well, and you, you do it. As I said, you fantastic. do it absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. Whenever I, I have a chance to catch a breath, you and I take a little selfie on the field together too. Yes, we do. <laughs> we have our selfies on the field, and we love our selfies on the field. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is always fun. Um, yeah, I'm so happy you came on today. Like I said, guys, at the beginning, Kian and I have become really good friends, and she's amazing at her job. She's inspiring. She's a, a tremendous colleague. And Kiana made a comment about the 49ers and how many women are in prominent positions in the organization. And I think it's just worth reiterating that because there are so many incredible women and so many supportive women which yeah. you don't always find everywhere, but it's what should be the norm and what we preach on this podcast. And I preach all through Fangirl. We support each other. We're better together. And Kiana has been very helpful to me on a number of occasions. I hope I've been helpful to her. And I just think it's so important to drive home that point that we are not in competition. We are here to support each other. And that should be true in everything you're doing. So at some point, do like to a lot on this podcast. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's women helping women, and that goes for all of us, not just you and I, but oh, yeah, absolutely. we have can uh, with NBC Sports, and she's amazing, and we have MJ Acosta, and and we have we have Kate with um, K Ron, mm -hmm. 
Right. right. And uh, it it's just, it's so awesome that we have this group of women uh, and we, we have the opportunity to lean on each other. Actually, uh, <laughs> in the press conference on Thursday, uh, Richard Sherman. Too good. Actually, so, good to tell the story. It's so funny. <laughs> Richard Sherman, actually, as soon as he gets in the press conference, someone starts asking him a question and he stops and he like looks around. And he's like, there's no women here. He's like, where are the ladies at? <laughs> and he's looking for the women because we're always there mm-hmm. and press conferences and he's looking for us. And and uh, I, I thought that was a super funny moment. He called it a snossage fest because of all the men. That, the I thought that was, when I saw that, that like just, I thought was amazing. It's such also, it's so Richard Sherman in such a great way. I mean, it's just so perfect for him. And it also, I also took a little pride in that. I was like, that's great. I feel really yeah. good about that for us. Like we're, you know, I think that that's just awesome and that we're missed and, part of it because people ask that a lot and I don't I don't know if you get asked this a lot like is it hard and you know with so many men around and I've always said I mean I'm very lucky I cover the 49ers it's not the beat writers they're always welcoming the organization is very welcoming the players are so I think we're lucky in that way but I was like that's that's just really awesome the thing it shows just kind of how far we've all come absolutely hands down and I, I also forget forgot to mention that we also have Sally Clavel who is the First full-time female scout. And then also, I mean, obviously we can't forget about, um, I'm having a brain. Katie Sowers. We, can't, we can't forget about Katie Sowers, the first full-time female coach. So we have to show those ladies love. So that's another thing that I just truly, truly just admire about this organization. I agree with you 100%. And something else I admire about this organization is how supportive they have been of five fun facts. <laughs> Yeah. My, my sort of non sequitur, but kind of into your five fun facts. You guys know I love fun facts. Those five fun facts videos are my favorite. And so now at the end of this podcast, every week we do five fun facts with our guests. And it is Kiana's turn. Kiana, I don't want you to think that this gets you out of doing a five fun facts video with me one day, though. Okay, good. Because I was going to say, I was thinking like, I have to be really great at this because the guys do such a good job. So I have to make sure mine is really good, even though mine is on the podcast. But now that I know that I have a video coming too, I'm so ready. Well, the the podcast fun facts, everybody gets the same questions and gives their answer to them. Your video five fun facts will be specific to you. So there's that. Do you have that going for you? Uh, and with that, no further ado, we will start. What is your favorite moment in sports? This is a good one. Okay. So I grew up with, it was a household with my mother, my father, and my brother. And we were a very sports driven household. So there was, there were always debates going on. Like my dad was a Sox fan and my mom was a Cubs fan and they'd always go head to head on game days And growing up, like my brother didn't necessarily let me watch cartoons and things like that. Like we were, we would pop in the VHS. Yes, I'm telling my age. (laughs) We'd pop in the VHS and my brother would make me rewatch Chicago Bulls games. So with that being said, my absolute favorite moment in sports was Michael Jordan. It was the Bulls championship game over the Seattle Supersonics. I think it was 96, I believe. And it was the game he won. It was his fourth NBA championship, the game he won after his father passed away. Oh. And I just remember it being such an emotional game. Mm-hmm. And I just, it just stuck with me. I remember that 
Like I, I remember watching it live. And then I also remember because my brother like drilled it down my throat with the VHS, but it, it was just such a powerful moment. And I believe uh, like it, it, it just changed basketball for me that game. That was an incredible game. I could still see him running into the locker room. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Um, what is your life motto? My life motto, and if you ask any of my friends, they will tell you I say it all the time and I mean it. And it's very simple. It's stay ready so you never have to get ready. Oh, I love that. And I I say it all the time. Like even it's, it can be as silly as like my friend, uh, she wanted to go to the nail shop and she's like, oh, I'm just going to wait until the weekend. And I was like, stay ready. So you don't have to get ready. You never know when something might pop up. Who knows? Someone might want to propose to you tomorrow and you'll have your nails done and ready to go. But, (laughs) but honestly, but, and you can use that same, it's a simple line, but it also works professionally. I, I always try to remind myself have my business cards ready. You never know who you'll run into. Um, make sure you're always, you're dressed the part. Mm-hmm. Because even like say a game day, I had a, a road game not too long ago and ended up running into someone, a network executive and had a conversation with them. And and I would not have had that had I not been prepared. Mm-hmm. So uh that that's my saying it's my go-to and it works in every aspect of life whether it's you going out for coffee and staying ready so you have your apple pay ready to go (laughs) or it can be as serious as you know a professional move with work or whatever the case may be but uh just staying ready i love that and staying i love that stay ready so you never have to get ready that's just fantastic your go-to workout go-to workout. Okay. So I'm going to be honest. I haven't been working out um, lately. It's been a busy season, but, but I am all for the lower body workouts, the abs and the lower body. So it, it's gotta be the squats. Gotta be squats. I'm a squats girl. I, I want, I want a nice, a nice shape. Squats, so. but they're a great workout. <laughs> you know, I will do squats sometimes um, just like at the hair salon or wait on a plane or waiting for a plane. I will just sit there and do like 20 squats squats and people look at me really weird. And I'm like, I don't care. This is when I have time. So you know, what was kind of funny was during uh training camp and Dan Beckler, the former uh, PR guy with the 49ers, he's off to K state. Uh, just Kansas. Just Kansas. Okay. He's uh, with Kansas now, but during training camp, we were doing wall squats I love it. while practice was going on. And I was like, I can do this. And we just sat there and we watched practice doing wall squats. And, you know, you can do it anywhere. Well, they, you can do it <laughs> That's the great thing about a squat. Do you have a go-to coffee or tea order? So I am also not a coffee drinker. But I, when I do decide to partake in a little bit of caffeine, um, I, I typically just get a, a mocha. A mocha, extra hot. I need a double shot of espresso because I need to wake up. And uh, just a little bit of whip, just for some fun. That sounds delicious. I'm a simple girl. That sounds very good, though. And last but not least, what is your favorite book? My favorite book would be, uh, it's by Stephen Shuster. It's called Mindset Makeover. 
And it's about taming your fears, changing your self-sabotaging thoughts, and learning from your mistakes, which is something that was a little bit of the theme of what you Mm -hmm. and I have been talking about today, Um, especially when going after your dream job or whatever the case may be, and and changing sometimes your outlook on things uh, makes a world of a difference. Kiana, thank you very, very much for joining me today. Uh, This was... Super fun. I am excited for this one to come out and for everybody to hear it. And I'm, of course, excited to see you in a couple days on game day. I am so grateful. Thank you so much for having me. Like, I I don't want to take up everyone's time, but like, I would love to talk for like another three hours. Let's chat. You know what? <laughs> but this is so much. Fun. We could do a Get My Job Part Two with Kiana Martin. So we would be I'm happy to have you back anytime you would like. Because this has been really I would love that. I'm going to hold you to it, okay? You got it. You can hold me to it. Um, All right, everybody. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. And don't forget to follow us at Fangirl Sports Network. And we will talk to you next time. Bye, all. Bye, guys. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.